The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The brain is our personal tool to keep us at our best and realize self-esteem. The mind, body, and immune system work together to help us make the right choices and to reach our purpose and potential. Welcome to Illuminating Now, Lindsay's Life Secrets. Lindsay and her guests are the go-to experts when it comes to relationships, sexuality, parenting, and wellness. We're here to enlighten and inform you. Now, here is your host, Lindsay Levinson. Hi, this is Lindsay Levinson, and I am your host here on Illuminating Now, Lindsay's Life Secrets. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for joining if you're a first-time joiner. And if you've been listening, thanks for that. And, of course, even if you find us on Archive, that's just as you think this show is worthwhile. And I really offer gratitude to you for listening to this show anytime that you do. We have been running a question on Fidelity And we will touch on that in today's show. So I want to thank you all, though, for your participation. Some of those winners will be named in today's show. And I want you to stay tuned throughout because they come all the way till the very end. Um, And sometimes today it may just be in the end that they're announced. There will be Lindsay's Life Secret. So stay tuned. I want to say that your answers and your participation are really valuable. And I just want to really make that point. We do these contests and they can seem fun and, you know, it's fun to hear your name on the air, hear other people. But I really want to say I appreciate you for contributing because I, I can't stress enough my true belief system on shared wisdom. We all get much smarter when we share our wisdom together. And that's partly because we do self-reflect and take the wisdom in and then reflect it back out. And so just think about that for a second. No matter what answer you gave and what reason you might have gone onto Facebook and given an answer, think of the one person who might get helped by what gets read out loud and you sharing your wisdom. So thank you. The participation has been very significant. We do have many Winners, And so that's why I said there will be some this week, there will be some next week. We have a new post running, and that is regarding anger management and a question, or angry people and a question, how do you deal with them? What do you do? It's hard and it's a struggle. And we all have this, you know, somewhere in our life there's somebody. So anger trans, there's an intersection where those two come together, anger and forgiveness and forgiveness was mentioned a lot in the infidelity posts. So I want to just explain to you that I, I sort of broke some of those off and I want to offer some options to forgiveness in the anger management show next week. So the big message here is listen to both shows. Listen today till the end and listen next week because you may get mentioned once or twice and everyone can benefit from this. So it's great. We do have a guest today, and I'm going to talk about him in just a little bit. 
That is Louis Bernstein, and I will talk about him. But I want to ask that you please do continue to follow us on Facebook. You have been fantastic. So thank you for that. It's just illuminating now, one word. And if you haven't liked the page yet, I'd really appreciate if you would. Twitter is at sign illuminating now. And then there's qualityforlifecoaching.com. Those are all four words, no spaces, no numbers, qualityforlifecoaching.com. That is my website that tells you a lot about me, things that I believe in, ways I could potentially help you, and any value I might be able to give you. So I'd love for you to check out that site. And Trace Levinson was on on March 19th, and he talked about, are you living a happy life? Do you love your life? Are you in a rut? Is there anything wrong? And if so, he would give you daily action items. I mean... If it's a book to read and you finish, he could tell you another book. If it's an action to do, he might be able to guide you with that. So he invited you to do that, contact him. And so that's T, as in Trace, dot Levinson, T dot Levinson at yahoo.com. Today's guest site, while I have yet to announce him, I'm going to make sure while you have your pencils out or your typing fingers going that you are noting that the website for the MFT that we do have on today is lewisbernsteinmft.com. And that is spelled L-O-U-I-S-B-E-R-N-S-T-E-I-N-M as in mother, F as in Frank, T as in Tom, MFT. So it's lewisbernsteinmft.com. So let me tell you a little bit about our guest today, Louis Bernstein, MFT, and a lot of other you know, specialties that he really works with. And you can check him out on his website to understand because he's also writing a book, which I'll mention as well. But I wanted to start by saying I call him Louis. So throughout the show, you know, and he goes by Louis much in the world. Um, I met this individual when I went through my graduate program. He was a pretty loved individual, but he was also known to be really smart and wise. He had a lot to offer, and I certainly was quick to befriend him, and I have been privileged to maintain that friendship for many years with Louis. So I feel really lucky for that. I also feel really proud that he's on the show today because you're going to see what he's working on, what he believes, some of his thoughts, and just what makes him so special. His biography that you have maybe seen somewhere talks about the fact that he does have a private practice as an MFT in the San Francisco Bay Area. He specializes in couples and relationship counseling, certainly works with many things, but he's really, you know, and this is really a focus that he is super passionate about is the couples piece. He uses integrative and holistic approaches and he draws from some of the best psychological philosophies. So Object Relations, Harville Hendricks, Dr. John Gottman. There's a lot of very specialized philosophies and, and people who've already invented the wheel in some ways. And he really extracts that and pulls that out so he can create healthy and supportive and fulfilling relationships. Louis was personally inspired by the miracle and perfection of nature's hand in growing a living system. So he kind of, he, you'll, he, I'll let him talk about the analogy and, 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 and a fruit tree and, you know, from the beginning to fruition and what it all means and how he correlates these nature principles. But he does correlate them in a way that are very understandable and he wants us to learn how 
you know, our intimate relationship can grow and turn into the absolute great relationship to keep us alive and to make us feel loved and fulfilled. So I, I think that's great. I again told you his website, lewisbernsteinmft.com. And having said that, I want to just say I'm so glad to welcome you, Louis Bernstein. Thanks for being here on the show. I'm really excited to have you here today. Oh, uh, Lindsay, thank you. It's, it's such a privilege and a pleasure to be talking with you. And um, I appreciate being invited to, to have another collaboration with you. Uh, we've had this, this long and um, great friendship and I, I want to acknowledge you for the great work that you do um, as well, I, 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 how you offer um, information, choices, possibilities to your listeners, and, and that's the highest ideal. So I really support you and the great work that you bring into the world as well, Lindsay. Thank you. Thanks, Louis. And yeah, we have collaborated. Louis's right about that. He's mentioned that. So yeah, you know, on clients. And so we're innovative in thinking of how each of different people's expertise and, you know, that we might know in our field can be of benefit. And, and Louis and I have certainly collaborated. So tell me about yourself, Louis, and, you know, and, and what we're here to talk about today. Yeah, thanks, Lindsay. Um, I'm a marriage and family therapist here in the Bay Area. And my specialty has, is working with couples, and my passion is helping couples create the absolute best relationship, the most fulfilling and satisfying and rewarding connection between two people as they can possibly do. Um, during my work with couples over the years, um, I'm, I'm always trying to find ways to present information in a simple form that everyone can understand and then apply on a daily basis. And what I pres- would like to talk about today is, is kind of a new approach that I've, I've developed that I think is very exciting, very inspiring, and hopefully practical that everyone can use. And the essence of it is, is that just as nature is perfect in growing a living system, such as a plant or a tree, from tiny seed to, to beautiful uh, fruition, um, I'm proposing that if we use those same growing principles, we can grow a great relationship. So that's really innovative. I mean, I, I'm excited about this. It's it's innovative because you're correlating principles about nature, which is organic growth, and that really applies to couples trying to develop their own way, which is, again, always going to be organic in any relationship. So why did you do this? Why are you thinking about this? Yeah, well, as a um, couples counselor, uh, typically couples come in to, to get some help when they're struggling. And, um, and I've seen over the years, you know, different issues, different challenges, and I do my best to support them through overcoming those hurdles and then rebuilding and growing uh, their relationship from there. But a common theme I've noticed often from these couples in the stress is that some essential quality of how they relate to each other was maybe missing or undeveloped or never known at the early stages of their relationship. And as a result, the relationship is now suffering. Um, some very fundamental qualities that I'll be referring to shortly is like communication or trust or mutual alliance with one another. 
some of it, it, it sounds like common sense, like, of course, we will do this when we join together. But the fact is, you know, relationships don't come with an instruction manual. And people learn just kind of, uh, they're doing the best they can. Sometimes if they've had a good model from parents or other family members or friends, they, could, they can create a relationship based on that model. But many of us um, just jump in and do the best we can, but we're missing, sometimes we miss some essential qualities that will come to um, hurt our relationship, keep it from growing as far as it can until we bring that, that equality in. And I was seeking a way to offer my clients perhaps a checklist or maybe a blueprint of what does that look like? How can you grow that relationship, bring in all of those qualities you need from start through its evolution so that all the pieces are in place so that there's no limit to how far your relationship can go. Uh, But I wasn't quite sure what that blueprint would look like. So I think that that... You know, what strikes me as so wise and something that you said that I think can often get missed in any um, therapy, counseling, coaching, you know, couples come in and they, and they are not happy. And sometimes people start to try to work right on just, well, how can we get you happy? You know, just, just what do we do right now? And what you're looking at is a stage-appropriate tool. You're you're creating, like you said, be it a blueprint, a roadmap, and what you're about to explain for us, some correlating principles with nature so that you have something to follow. You're able to address the stage that they're in. Is it trust? Is it communication? Is it some crisis that happened? Is, you know, what exactly creates the reason that they stepped into the room to ask for help. So I love that you're doing something with, you know, stage-appropriate strategy or tools to navigate to better options. That's, that's just fantastic. Yeah, and, and much to my surprise when I was searching for what that blueprint uh, would be, um, I discovered it when I was working in my vegetable garden, of all places, <laughs> at the last uh, few years, um, I had the, the pleasure of creating a vegetable garden, and um, I'm a city boy, totally inexperienced and naive about how to even begin a garden. So I had to learn the different steps. Uh, you use the word stages, and that's appropriate. What are the different steps it takes to create a very successful and flourishing garden? I mean, I started at the ground, literally. I had to pick the right soil. Uh, because I found if the soil is too light or fluffy, then the water just drains right through and none of it stays for the roots. Ah. If the soil is too dense or compacted, then the, the water doesn't flow, there's no air, and the plant would suffocate. So I quickly learned that just the basic foundation before anything begins is so critical to that garden. Uh, then when I brought in the seedlings, um, they're so vulnerable. You know, they're putting out those first tiny roots and it's essential that they get enough sunlight, water, nutrients, um, they, that they, they need these just to get a good chance for growth. And then I learned firsthand that there's another component of bringing in care and attention that you know, nature is perfect in guiding these little plants to full fruition It's doing it perfectly unseen in the background. But I found that if I understand nature's principles of what it's it's doing, I can align with those principles assisted. And by offering my um, focused care and attention, I could help 
and, you know, I could assist nature in growing those plants. And then over time, I was rewarded as the plants flourished, grew strong. And then probably the best part is when they reach that, that, that stage of blossoms and fruit or vegetables are, are starting to show on the plants. And then that, that harvest, when you feel very satisfied that, that you've done your part in assisting this plant to its fruition. And I'm wondering if the plant itself feels that same satisfaction of kind of having met its purpose. So as I'm harvesting one of these crops um, a couple of years ago, I had this epiphany that, my gosh, you know, I've, I've gone through, I see the steps, the stages that this garden has to go through for its success. Yeah. And I apply these same principles, to nature's same growing principles to the success of a growing relationship. Yeah, I mean, that's really, really intriguing and and when you talk about you know did it did the plant grow and you know when it hits its fruition you know you even sort of thought to yourself has it served its purpose because I really correlate that again I'm starting to really see how this would correlate with couples when a, when any let's say you grew a lemon tree or tomatoes or you know when they're ripe They've hit a mark. It's it's and so and then there's some different choices. You could be paying close attention, and something's hit its mark. Something's hit its potential, and you could say, "Oh my gosh, that's great! It's ready," you know. And and then you could actually use it for its purpose. And again, this these are plants. I mean, we're not having conversations with a tomato <laughs> across the kitchen table, but if it was your partner, might you notice when they've hit? their peak, when they've hit a, a ripe spot, a place that they've tried to achieve and they got there, a place they were growing to and grew into, and what it takes for us to actually stop to notice and say, do you realize what you just achieved? You got there. You did it. And, and how that person might serve their purpose because somebody actually was tending to even noticing that that, ha- that moment in time happened. So... Do you agree? Does that make sense to you? Oh, yes. The, the witness, to have your partner mirror back to you and validate uh, where you are in your stages of life. You know, it's very validating to have your partner reflect back to you who you are and that they appreciate you for who you are. It's, it's a wonderful quality. And in fact, I touch upon that um, shortly as one of the important qualities for any healthy relationship, that the quality of acceptance um, having your partner who is the most important person to you in the world mirror to you that they love, appreciate, and accept you for being exactly who you are. My gosh, that's one of the, I think, the, the reason we yearn for that healthy relationship, to know that we are accepted uh, for who we are. It's, it's an incredible quality, and unfortunately, that aspect is not fully recognized or practiced in some relationships. So I make sure to bring that quality in and help the partners practice that on a daily basis. Um, And talking about the garden, um, I just wanted to highlight that I I noticed that there were maybe five distinct stages. I just want to list them briefly, then maybe give some examples of how that relates to relationship. Um, The first stage is the fertile soil. As I said, the ground from which that seed or plant will arise. The second stage is the seedling, when it's young and vulnerable, needing very special care to maintain its growth. The third stage is maturity, 
when it's reaching upward and outward in all directions, and what can we do to support that enormous growth? The fourth is one of my favorite is fruition. When the plant is bearing its fruit or vegetables, uh, kind of meeting and fulfilling its purpose and giving back. And then the last stage that I haven't touched on yet is, I call it the new seeds. The new seeds, which represents possibly the evolution of how we can, through our wisdom and experience, pass on to others, to other generations, what we've come to learn, the new seeds, and help others grow equally great relationships. Yeah, yeah. And this is so, it's exciting and it's creative. And again, and I know that you're going to talk about correlating, you know, what, how to correlate it directly to terms that people deal with in relationship. But I just, I just really want to say, I love things that make sense. I love when people come up with things that make sense. And I think the world really appreciates making sense of their life. So a couple that is naturally trying to develop their selves as a couple and as an entity, um, there are these stages, and I do agree. It's not even, I, I think it's more than less that this stuff gets missed. So, you know, you're, you're going to talk to us about sort of a model and some correlation between these principles, and I think that gives a lot of people hope. If there's already a model if nature has built something that goes from right. the beginning. Yeah, it's, it's good stuff. So let's get into some of these examples and, and correlations. Yeah, so we all understand and relate, can relate to how the garden grows, but but then I use my experience um, as a therapist, as a counselor, to translate those growing principles into what I'll call relationship principles. There's a one-for-one correspondence of just how the garden grows successfully. We can use those same qualities to grow the relationship. So as an example, I think that this will help um, you understand this, this approach even more fully. Think of the fertile soil. Um, a good soil needs to be permeable to let air and moisture and nutrients and even energy move between soil and roots. So how does that relate to a relationship? I would say that this corresponds to good communication keeping the air, the, letting the relationship always breathe and be able to easily transmit and transfer information and energy back and forth between the partners. So um, guiding and helping couples create an atmosphere of trust, respect, safety, in which open communication can really be fostered and to always keep the relationship um, alive and breathing. And, and this quality, even though it's at the first stage, it's something that needs to be maintained throughout the full spectrum of relationship. This is just the start, but once it's in place, it stays there for their duration. It's always to be practiced. Yeah, so it's a foundation. It's a foundation, and communication you know, is necessary and, and, and probably the most important thing to keep anything alive and true and authentic, but you're building the foundation with that fertile soil that's, you know, let's get this right. Let's figure out how to make it a dynamic that actually works so we're comfortable communicating within this dynamic. Would you agree? It's vital. The communication is one of the most essential building blocks of any relationship. And once it's in place, it needs to be practiced and used again and again. Um, Another aspect of the fertile soil is how to making sure that the ground is clear and clean and in particular, you know, think of weeds, weeds that can quickly overcome a, a garden, you know, taking away the sunlight or the water or the nutrients. 
So what is, what is, how do you keep um, the ground clear and clean in a relationship? And that's by reducing or eliminating criticisms. Criticisms and judgments, which is sometimes an old habit or pattern we sometimes bring into our relationships, they're very detrimental to the growth and future of that relationship. It undermines your partner. It undermines the fabric and the roots of, of, of what you and your partner have created. Um, the psychologist, Dr. John Gottman, has studied couples scientifically, and he's determined that it takes five appreciations, which are like thank yous, gratitude, acknowledgements, five appreciations to counteract just one criticism. So you could see that it's, uh, relationship can easily be overwhelmed if there is a field of criticism. So the practice is to notice if you have a tendency to do that, to gently let go of that old habit, and instead start to practice looking for ways to appreciate your partner. They could be small things like thank you for bringing coffee to me this morning or thank you for um, mowing the lawn, little things, or thank you for being who you are, you know, the big things. But these mm-hmm. consistent appreciations is like adding rich fertilizer to the growth of the relationship. And it helps foster incredible growth. And as you appreciate your partner, they will likewise feel filled and appreciate you back. Well, I just couldn't agree with that more as far as, and I love that you came up with a piece of solid data, you know, I mean, I know you researched so many of these, but that five appreciations to one criticism, you know, I'm sure the listeners are are hearing that and thinking, you know, that's just something new to think about. I think it's a vital piece. We have to infuse our partner with positive. I think it's really critical if we want success. I mean, it's what, you, it's what you're looking for that we've got to talk about. But assuming you want a successful relationship, it's easy to tell someone what they can correct, what we don't like, what we wish they hadn't done, what they could definitely do better. But that is a depleting practice. You know, it depletes your partner and it frankly deflates your partner. So, I really say even selfishly, you need to think about the more you deplete and deflate somebody, the less you're going to get what you need because they don't really feel that great about themselves. So they don't really have a lot to give. (laughs) And then you would like someone to really feed and infuse you and it's not happening. So I want to say that. And and I also want to add that there's nothing more important, I think, this is coming from Lindsay, there's nothing more important than trust in any relationship. We've got to have it. But trust is built off straight communication. And people think that if they're nice or they don't want to hurt someone's feelings or they would just rather be quiet so they don't stir up trouble, that that might be the best way to go to keep something alive. And I would disagree with that. And I would say, you know, you can certainly be kind in sharing truth. But sharing the truth relates to safety. And safety in any relationship is your best odds at succeeding. So... It doesn't have to be done with criticism, and I will also say, I, I have a visual I use with my clients, and I say, if somebody's criticizing you, the per, or, or if you're criticizing someone, let's put it that way, they're closing their ears. So people don't, don't really listen that well when it's all criticism, if you're not infusing it with those you know, five positives that you talked about, Louie. So I think, or more, but... If, if you're not making sure to really wrap it in something that's very tender and kind and warm while you give some feedback. 
So anyway, we're going to continue. Louis is going to continue talking about some of these correlating principles, and we're going to go to break. This is Lindsay Levinson. I am your host here at Illuminating Now, Lindsay's Life Secrets. We have some really good stuff to come. We have names to be read. We have Louis to tell more information, and we're going to talk also, name the book that he's writing. So please stay tuned with us, and we will be right back. We're heading off to break. Thanks. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com We all want peace. We all desire a more meaningful life. We work hard to achieve these things, but at what avail? The key is authentic living with Andrea Matthews. Andrea will interview some of the great spiritual experts of today and will provide wisdom to help you raise your consciousness to the level of your own I am. Your authenticity can give you miraculous gifts, but you have to know how to get there. Listen for Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Heard live every Wednesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the 7th Wave Network. Are you a single parent trying to create the balance between home life and work life? You may be running a successful business, but how are your relationships with your family and children? If you're one of the thousands of people trying to juggle it all, tune in to Straight Up with Chris, real talk on business and parenthood, hosted by Chris FSU. Chris is the portrait of the success story, coming to the U.S. with no language skills, founding and growing several businesses, while raising his daughter from age 7 to adulthood as a single dad. Listen every Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. You are tuned in to Illuminating Now, Lindsay's Life Secrets. To connect with Lindsay or her guest, please call in to the show at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to lindsay244 at sbcglobal.net. That's L-I-N-Z-I-244 at sbcglobal.net. Now, back to Illuminating Now. Hi, this is Lindsay Levinson. I am your coach. Welcome back. Welcome back. And thanks for staying through the show. I hope you do stay through the whole show. We're on with our special guest, Louis. I call him Louis, as much of the world does. Louis Bernstein. He is an MFT. He has a practice in the Bay Area. He is a book writer, and his book is going to be written and released, and it's called How to Grow Your Great Relationship. So I'm going to encourage you one more time to take down MFT, all one word, lewisbernsteinmft.com, because you can read about him, and you can read about his work, and again, you'll have heard the author before the book came out, so that's exciting. All right. 
Louie, where are we? Tell me where we go next. Oh, there's, there's so many stages and so many principles, but um, I think an important one to bring in um, the second stage at the seedling stage, something I learned again as the um, novice gardener, the importance of care and maintenance of that garden, that nature um, is doing its role perfectly without any help. But I found that I could be proactive as well um, by looking at the plants, making sure they had everything they need. I could assist nature in doing its great job. So what is the, how does this relate to relationship? I would call it check-ins. Having the partners have frequent check-ins with each other, um, just a moment during the day to say and reflect, how does the relationship feel? Um, how are you feeling? I'll tell you how am I feeling. It's a way of um, making sure, like uh, by these check-ins, making sure that everyone, that the relationship is doing what you're both hoping it does, that's giving you the fulfillment, the satisfaction you're hoping for. And if not, then to identify what's not working and then mutually decide what to do next to make it better. So uh, frequent check-ins is an important quality that, again, one of these qualities that starts early but should be maintained throughout a relationship to ensure that it's well-maintained and cared for. It takes energy, but it's well worth it. Well, I think this is brilliant. (laughs) Just the term check-ins. I don't think we hear that enough in relationships. And again, I'm going to say even in our field, I don't, I don't think it's terminology. I mean, we want to talk to each other. We talk about communication and truth. And all of that is still a challenge. But check-ins and the way that you described it is, is so great. And I think that I want to say, you people, you listeners, you, you relationship folks out there who either want to be in one, are in one, are struggling with one, possibly thinking of leaving one, stop and think for a second. It can be anything you build it to be. So Louis making a fantastic point and he gave some examples that were really warm. You know, how are you doing? Are you okay? How am I doing? Can I tell you? So, you know, he's really warm in the way that he presents that you can design this in any way. Maybe you, maybe you think, oh, we're busy. We have, you know, we're shifts across in the night with our schedules. That's why we never talk. So maybe you set up a weekly talk and you say, you know, this one time a week, we are going to just chat and just check in. Maybe you have a date night because that's always a good thing. But maybe, again, life just doesn't make room for that based on schedules, working, children, But if you can't do that, maybe you tell yourselves, we can grab 15 minutes each day. Maybe it's the end of the day. Maybe it's while you're getting ready in the morning, but you just sit each other on the bed and talk for 15 minutes. So I want to say it's very creative how you work out your own check-ins. And the most key of all, I think, is kind of what Louis was saying. And I agree. It's also in the moment. Because moments turn into something much greater if we don't catch them. So you could be having a great conversation with the person you're in a relationship with and you're tooling along through your conversation and they say something and they all of a sudden, I mean, something, a response to something you said, they don't seem happy. They seem kind of pissed. And you hear that and now you think, I, either I don't appreciate that, I'm not going to talk anymore. You think I'm just going to get mad back because that's not fair. I was, I don't even know what they're mad about. You know, so a lot of times we just start reaction mode. But what if you just said, 
we were having a great conversation, and I'm thinking something just changed. And it seems like you're upset. Did I just upset you? I'm not, I don't know if I did, but did I? What if you just ask right then and there? You know, you tell someone something intimate, and you know, maybe they chuckle, and you say, is, is something funny? Am I missing something here? Because I'm not getting why you're laughing. So if you just stop in a moment and check in, it can change your lifetime. And I think that that's really important. And I want to say one more thing that's a strong belief system that I have. And that is just that um, I face different couples who come in and they're wanting to read each other's email, read each other's texts, read each other's phones. You know, that's a way they're going to find out. And that's just, again, I'm going to say another form of check-in. I always say before you ever need to go read someone else's private stuff, that's a moment to say, I'd like to sit down with you. You know, I want to read your email and your phone and I want to investigate you because I'm feeling something weird is going on. But can we just talk? So I want to just give you some of those ideas in, in thinking through that. So having said all of that, Louis, I mean, does, does what I'm saying make sense? Uh, would that align with what you're talking about here? Uh, very much, very much. You know, that, that habit um, of looking into the other's email or phone um, if you're interested, if you're concerned, if you're worried, rather than break their um, trust by prying into their, their personal business, bring it out on the table in a very open way. I mean, as couples, you want to be able to say anything to each other, and, and hopefully you can find a way to say it in a respectful and inviting way so that the other can hear you, and if you both cherish your relationship enough you notice that this is something important to pay attention to. And then working together, you can find a way through that conversation, even if it's going to be a difficult one. It definitely is worth the attention because if you ignore it or deny it, it, it doesn't just go away. It will manifest in kind of in the shadows, in backwards ways that can really undermine relationships. So touching again on some of the qualities we, we've um, seen, the communication the check-ins, uh, of course, the foundation of trust and, and safety. So all of these qualities help build a relationship to that, those higher levels where you can pretty much say anything and be exactly who you are with no fear because, you know, you're always being supported and um, encouraged by your partner to be fully authentic. I think that's uh, one of the purposes of a healthy relationship to practice finding your voice, practice being authentic and practice having confidence in who you are and your thoughts and beliefs and your feelings that they have value. And then your partner mirroring that gives you the strength, the power to bring yourself fully forward in the world. So uh, using relationship as a vehicle to promote one's growth is, is immense. And, um, there, there's many stages, you know, and, and different levels of uh, relationship continue to to grow. <clears throat> if we um, consider the stage of maturity, the, the plant or tree at that stage is growing very strong upward and outward. If you look at a tree, it has these sometimes immense limbs that grow out in all directions. Each limb has to have its own integral strength to support its own weight as it contributes to the tree. So, the corollary in relationship is 
um, as relationship continues to develop, encouraging the individuals of that relationship to go out and grow as individuals, have them fulfill every desire and purpose um, goal that they have set their heart on, and for the partner to not be worried that they're losing the other to the world. No, rather, as their partner becomes enriched and fulfilled, they bring all of their expanded self, their expanded wisdom and experiences back into the relationship to help it grow even stronger, just like each limb of the tree brings in more nutrients uh, back into the trunk of the tree. So um, to, to encourage the individual growth of, of each partner, knowing that they will be fulfilled, and in doing so, it will, even, it will enrich the relationship even more so. And, and one last comment I'd like to say is there's no end to this evolution. Um, I, I have this uh, aspiration that couples can get to the point of fruition where they get to reap the fruits of their, their labor, so to speak, that they've put in the energy and the effort to care for each other, to nurture each other. And then uh, at a mature uh, stage of fruition, they're reaping, again, the fruits of, of their labors. They're feeling at peace in themselves. Um, and, and also they're kind of fulfilling a purpose that there was a reason these two partners were brought together. Um, as the relationship evolves, I think that focus, that purpose becomes more evident and only by their joining together were they able to manifest this special purpose that they might not have achieved as individuals. So um, reaching that level of fruition where one's purpose as the individual and as the relationship, as the couple, can be met and, and then reward themselves and reward their family, their friends, their community with the blessings of that very evolved relationship. Yeah, you know, it just, it couldn't be more important what you're saying right there. I, I see people who, if I ask different couples, whether I'm seeing them individually or together, I get a lot of feedback about, you know, well, I think the most important thing is companionship and that I, you know, I have someone to do things with and hobbies and I don't want to grow old alone. I want to, you know, sit on the rocking chair with someone and, and I think it's a level deeper than that. And it's what you're talking about. And I say my theory on the world of relationship is that we are looking for someone to witness us. And I'm really just echoing back some of what you're saying here, Louie, that it's the witness. And again, as I tell you that I use a lot of visuals and a lot of metaphors. So, you know, you look in someone's eyes that is your partner and there is a reflection in the eyes. And if you see beauty or you see appreciation or gratitude or, you know, that they look at you as someone who is really special for whatever reasons, then that helps you see yourself and it helps you reflect back why you so appreciate that they appreciate you. So I think that it's not just, I don't want to go to the movies alone or I hope to go on vacations with someone. It's you're walking a journey and every step of that journey Someone's witnessing, and some days you're like, I did it, I'm great, and they're like, you so did, and there's other times you might come home and say, I'm crap, oh my gosh, I really screwed up, and they look at you and say, you might have screwed up, but you're anything but crap, you know, because I know you, I see you, so I think that that's, um, that that's really key, and you know, I'm thinking of a couple different clients who when I tell them something to do, 
you know, here's what to go home and do, maybe a suggestion. And they say, why do I have to do it? You know, we're not doing so good. Why should I have to do this? And, and my answer is, oh, no, you, you don't have to. You get to. It's a privilege. You get to because once you make the person you're with really happy, they're going to treat you amazing because they want to circle it right back. So I think that feeds into what you're saying here, the whole acceptance and appreciation and, you know, what you talked about. So I'd love you, Louie, to summarize if you can, you know, because I know there's so much more material here. And I really hope people buy this book, How to Grow Your Great Relationship, when it's released. Can you give me some summary here? Um, I will, but I want to give like the uh, a beautiful punchline to this this arc of relationship that as all the pieces and the qualities are practiced throughout a lifetime of connection, um, I want to put out the hope and wish that everyone can can reach those e- even more evolved levels of relationship where you might want to call it a spiritual union or um, a joining of body, mind, and spirit, you know, to go beyond the old boundaries and, and explore new, new territories of how far can we take our relationship to, to truly become those soulmates that everyone kind of yearns to be. Right. There's no end. And, and I just hope that people can, can commit and find that path upward and, and it never ends. It's very exciting. Uh, the, what I wanted to, to just summarize is that uh, just as I had found in watching the garden grow, nature is perfect in growing a living system. And I'm proposing that if, if we can take those same growing principles of nature and apply them in growing our relationship, we can find all the joy, all the health, all the stability, security, fulfillment. Um, every part of us can be met if we grow using and encouraging nature to guide us perfectly forward in in growing our own great relationship. Yeah, I I think this book is going to be so valuable, and I think it's been so valuable to have you come on and talk about this in such a tactical way that people can really kind of get their arms around these these parts of communication and and you know how to criticize and when to and how much positive it takes for someone to be able to even handle that you're maybe saying you're not happy and check-ins what a fabulous concept and what a fabulous thing to be doing that a lot of us don't so all of it is 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 really great and I appreciate that summary and again I I I Keep on naming things because I want you guys to jot it down, write it down, or at least log it in your brain. So the book will be How to Grow Your Great Relationship, and I want you to keep your eyes and ears open for that. We are going to just touch on the question that was asked about infidelity because, you know, while none of us have a magic wand and can solve this or make it, you know, go away in the world, although it would be nice. Um, I just wanted your thoughts, Louie, some thoughts on infidelity. Yeah, it's, it's really one of the most challenging um, issues that could arise in a relationship. Uh, it's a very sensitive topic, and it's almost like a young pl- a plant has been uprooted. Uh, you can imagine how traumatic that is. And, and then the question is, how do we... Shall we put it back into the ground, nurture it, help it heal, and then help it grow again? It's a very, very um, difficult issue for any relationship, and 
ideally, you can avoid that if there's that open communication and check-ins that we talked about. But sometimes, um, for whatever reason, that's not enough, and then an infidelity does appear. What to do with that next? Yeah, it it is. It's got to be one of the most challenging challenging issues that couples face for sure and you know what it, it extends and touches all the lives that touch that couple because it's really big because of the wounding I would like to propose a little bit of a different way to think about if infidelity should occur um, again I'm not going to be here to have the answer but I want to talk about a little bit anyway about the process so if it happens one thing that we of course do you know, it's, of course, this is not, you know, I, I don't know if I want to say easy, but the most natural instinct is the first thing is, of course, if it happens to you, you're angry. And of course, you're hurt. And I'm not going to say, of course, to the fact you give up, but certainly that gets entered into the mix of what gets talked about is, is this over? And so those might be part of the process. But I'd like to say that if you could just stop in a moment and look at yourself even if it happened to you. And so it's self-reflection just to ask yourself for a moment when you're about to deal with this and go through it, how was I communicating or was I? Was I telling the truth about things just in general? Was I being kind? Was I being affectionate? You know, was I meeting my partner's needs? Nothing I'm saying removes accountability for someone else that broke trust. So please don't think that what I'm saying is take a look at yourself and then <laughs> take the blame and let it all go. I'm just saying it's a different way to move through the process. If you can self-reflect exactly what you were and were not giving and participating in in the relationship and then also expecting a person to be held accountable for trust, it's a more balanced and a more possible way to get through a type of painful situation like this. Anything is always going to be more balanced and more neutral and give you better odds if you incorporate self-reflection. It's a key word to take it down. If you incorporate self-reflection maintained throughout an entire process of going through a crisis, it's, it's going to help you get the best chance you can. So that's, that's the little bit that I'd like to offer specifically to that point. I want to say, Louie, this show to me has been really valuable. Of course, relationships, they just, there's so many struggling out there. And to be able to apply metaphors and models and a basis for how and why to behave in healthy ways, it's just so significant. And I, and I really just have to personally, you know, you are my friend, you are my colleague. But I say, if I didn't ever meet you before today... What I've seen here is you're creative and you're very visionary because you're taking something that's a primitive model, which is nature, and you're going into forward thinking. And as a visionary, you're creating steps that apply that nature model and nature principles directly to relationships so people can relate to that. So I just really want to say that I think you are making a significant contribution and I really... Thank you for that. Thanks for being on the show. Oh, and thank you, Lindsay. It's been a great pleasure. 
So I know that I've told you how to grow your great relationship. Keep your eyes out for that. I want to tell you next week, the show is going to be really interesting. I am going to talk directly to you about anger. I want to talk to you about anger management, angry people. Are you the victim of someone who's being angry? Is it just anybody that you meet in the world? Or do you have some people in your life that you try to deal with this and aren't sure how? I want to talk about the underlying causes. And most of all, I'm going to address the issue. I'm going to give you some tools that you're going to be able to use right away to start helping you deal with this and turn anything that feels like victimization to empowerment. And I'm really going to give you some, as I said, tactical, practical, and applicable tools. So definitely tune in next week. I want to tell you that the life secret this week is that the truth is how people know where you stand. And that is how safety gets built. And, you know, saying things in a way that's a criticism, it's, it's never easy. It's a challenge. But the more direct and truthful that you are with kindness, the more your partner knows where they stand. And they don't have to fear being blindsided. And that's critical because people don't want to live in fear. The Lindsay Life secret number two is that there is no criticism that can't be addressed with some kindness. There's always a way to put some kindness in and use questions rather than accusatory statements. That's really key. So an example is you come home from a party and you say to your partner, you totally humiliated me. You told that story. I'm so angry with you. I'm disgusted. I can't even look at you. Just go away for now. And you could say, did you know you hurt me tonight? Did you know that story was private? It was private and I was embarrassed. And I'm not sure what you know, but my experience was being hurt and embarrassed. And if you get that, then we can move on and we can let this go. So use questions and not accusatory statements. I am going to read a winner or two. So Ron Kalari, he said an interesting answer about the question of infidelity and what would you do? And he said, based on the divorce rate in the world, I think monogamy might be out, an outdated social system. I just want you all to think about that and I'd love a thread on what you think about that. Do you think that that is true? And do many of you ponder that concept? Gary Loper said, Many times, cheating is a result of unfulfilled emotional needs. Both parties need to take a deep look and take responsibility for the wanderings to fill those needs. If one party can't or will not look to love the other in the ways they need to be loved, then it's best for the relationship to fade allowing both to pursue better partners that can support their needs and love them as they wish to be loved. So I want to say again, Ron, a little on the controversial side, love it. Thank you so much. I want to say, Gary, great wisdom because you're talking about dedication and inquiry into the relationship. And you're saying that you need to understand what really went on and what was the core of it and can it be fixed or are people able to even meet their needs? So you're very right, and that's very critical. I only was able to read two. I want to tell you I have a list of many, many more answers that were absolutely outstanding, and I am going to merge those to be read in the show on May 7th, next week. So please tune in for our anger show, talking about forgiveness, reading more answers, and I really hope this show is a value to you. And I hope we continue to provide value to you. You guys are busy. You have choices. You choose this show. Thank you so much. I'm Lindsay Levinson, Illuminating Now. Louis Bernstein was our guest. I am your host. And really have an 
awesome week. Thanks for joining. for joining us for Illuminating Now, Lindsay's Life Secrets. Please join Lindsay Levinson again next Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a terrific week.